And welcome back to the Murdy Creative Co. Podcast. I'm your host, Colin Murdy, and today's topic is the Murdy number five. But first, I want to say thank you to everyone who has supported the company so far. If you haven't got a chance, go check us out on the web at murdycreative.co. That's M-U-R-D-Y creative.co. Or you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching at murdycreative.co to see the best of our product shots. Follow us on our social media to keep up to date with our daily photos and be the first one to know about new product launches. You can also use our subscribe button at the bottom of our website to be included in all of our new product announcements. Be sure to check out our laser engraving, personalization options, and exclusive colors on the website. Or you can get a blank one on Amazon Prime. Alright, so first from corrections from Karen Sue, my mother, the part of the show where I clarify statements my mother thought were confusing or misleading. We're going to correct what I did about the Ten Commandments. I knew when I flubbed them that mom was going to say something. I knew it at that time, and sure enough, she did, so... Thanks, Mom, for that. Actually brings a great opportunity. It is Sunday for those of you who are not up to the days of the week. Um, we just got back from a wonderful service at our local church, so I wanted to actually kind of do a little bit of a twofold thing here. So the different denominations number the commandments slightly different. And so in an effort to not be like too much onto one, you know, I'm going to just read straight from Exodus 20, um, the, the Ten Commandments again, and I'll kind of clarify those as I go along so you can kind of understand, and then uh, we'll uh, get back to the show. So uh, this is Exodus, uh, Exodus 20, uh, one, starting at one, verse one. And God spoke all these things, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or a likeness or anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the sea or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and you do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbaths to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter, your male servants or your female servants or your livestock or the sojourner who is with you with your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in it and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house, nor shall you cover your neighbor's wife or male servant or female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. Um, so yeah, those are kind of the commandments. Now, as I said in the previous episode where I talked about this, it's not that God's saying, don't do this, and he wants to ruin all your fun. It's saying, if you do those things, if you don't lie, you don't steal, you don't cheat, you don't do any of those things, your life will be good. You will have a good life. You won't have to worry about anything. If you cannot covet, that's a hard one, particularly in the world we live in, but man, is that a good one. If you can be content with what you have, man, you're just going to have a great life. Like, these are just, that's, that's the secret to having a good life, doing those things, right? So that's where I, I appreciate Mother's Corrections, and I think that they're a good... Uh, a good reminder for all of us, and I appreciate that. So I'm um, talking more about the Murdy number five today. So um, the Murdy number five was kind of the pinnacle of my my craftsman skill, I think. And it's funny, I was I started one yesterday. I, I haven't done them in so long. They take so much time. They're incredibly painful on your hands because it's incredibly intense, tiny, small work that's done with your hands. But I want to talk a little bit about the history of the, the book, where I came from, and kind of where... I came up with the design, what was the inspiration, and a little bit more about the craft itself and some of the things about it and 
I'd love to talk more about it. So for those of you who don't know, The Murdy Number no. 5 was actually my first real book of the Murdy Creative Company, I should say. All through high school, I made books. All through college, I made books and I put them on Etsy, but they weren't really any, uh, they weren't part of the Murdy Creative Co. yet. They were kind of the beginning of it, but it was mostly just uh, me making a little fun out of a hobby. So, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd done that, but then eventually I'd gotten kind of good at it and, and eventually I knew I needed to make, I, I liked my books, but I didn't ever use any of them for my own personal journal and I wanted to create a, a piece that I thought was really going to be the kind of the, the best of my work. So I sat down and I drew out all the plans and the designs. I knew I wanted to use a moleskin journal because I like them. I think they're good quality. And at the same time, it's easy to replace those, right? So I wanted to create a leather cover for that. And um, I was playing around with various types of, of stitching methods, but I was working at the time as a waiter at the country club, the North Shore Country Club. And they were talking about how um, the country club just down the road had a book from the 60s. That it had literally been kept a record of all of their different recipes, all of their menus, all of that stuff from the 60s to today. So it was this awesome historical document that had all of this information, this wealth of knowledge across many chefs. I mean, it was a very cool document, right? And they wanted to have one just like it at the country club. But, you know, so, so me, separately, they didn't ask me to do this or anything, but separately I was thinking about what would it take to have that thing done, right? Like, what would it need? And I realized it would need to be able to be resistant to fire. It would be, need to be chemical resistant because there's a lot of chemicals in the kitchen that you work with. It needed to be uh, good against abrasions and sharp surfaces because there's a lot of knives and blades and all sorts of other things. So I knew that it needed all of those things. And so I knew leather was the right choice for that kind of material. It's, there's not a lot of other things that can replace leather for its durability in those kinds of settings and harsh climates. So I needed it, knew it needed to be leather, and I knew that when you put something a book together, the thing that goes first in books, I mean, this is something you can go look up and you can research the history of it, but the first thing to go is the glue. That's the thing that falls apart first. Now, traditional bookbinders glue is made from, uh, it's basically flour. It's made from wheat and uh, water and maybe a little bit of flour and water. And it's, you make a paste out of it, and then that paste will literally hold like leather and, and boards together for years, decades, centuries. I mean, well-tended to, well-mixed paste um, with the good recipes really do create very, very sturdy books. But it's still the first thing to go. Um, it depends on if you use specific type of paper. So the, all paper, when it's made, has some acid used in it, unless it's acid-free paper. Acid in the old days, what ended up happening was is the paper had acid in it from the way it was made. The acid would eat through both the paper and it would also eat through the strings that held the paper together. So the outside of the boards, the outside of the book, that glue that kind of held the, the leather to the boards that made up the book, that would survive, but the, the binding itself would fall apart, right? And then the oils on the hands made that worse. So there's a lot, a lot of things that I knew would, would cause the book to degrade over time, and I wanted to avoid those things. So I knew that I ended up kind of experimenting with different types of thread. I started with kind of like a Kevlar and a sinew version, but they didn't really withstand kind of the testing. And so eventually I said, you know what, let's do something. Uh, let's see if I can use like steel cable. And so I found a steel cable that I liked using that was, um, it had a kind of a rubber coating on the surface of it, which made it so that I, I didn't destroy my hands in the process of doing this. Um, and yes, over time, the rubber on the, the steel and the steel will wear off, but it, it's still, it, it's more for the purpose of keeping it nice when I'm, when I'm stitching it, right? It's more for my hand protection rather than really any part of structural concern. So I had the stainless steel um, binding and I didn't know what kind of stitch to use 
except for I'd kind of played around. So there's a lot of different stitches that are used in book binding, depending on the type of the binding, depending on how tight you want it bound, depending on uh, where it comes historically. The Irish had a really gorgeous type of book bindings technique that they used with their Coptic stitch. Um, the, uh, the Italians have something similar that they came up with. So I knew that there was a couple of different types of stitching that had different properties. And I knew that with the stainless steel, with the rubber around it, using something like this chain stitch would create an incredibly durable stitch that would resist all of the tearing, would resist kind of the cutting and would provide a lot of strength to the cover and kind of create that, that, that framework almost out of the steel, um, that the book would need to have that, that long life. So I originally had that design around the, that went all the way around the edge. And it was also, I mean, it helped that it was beautiful. That didn't hurt anything. So I designed that and I designed it around a moleskin and I needed a way to keep it closed. And I thought, well, why not put a pen holder as a hinge, right? So there's two pen holder pieces, ten, two parts of the pen holder on the back and then one on the front. And when, when the book is closed, that creates a tube that you can slide a pen into to hold it closed, right? You can go see on our Instagram. We've been posting pictures about it a little bit. Um, the one I have in progress. So on, on Saturday, I was really working on how to, um, I was just kind of feeling crafty and I thought to myself, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a little break from the business for a little while and just go back to what I like doing. And that's making books. And so I started in on a new design. It's a revision of the Murdy number no. five because what I found was after using the Murdy number no. five for a while, um, the stitch that was along the spine ended up causing, uh, ended up starting to, to fray. So it was the fact that metal, when it's bent back and forth over and over and over, has a stress has stress fractures in it. And I thought because it was a, a twisted braided cord, I would avoid that, but that wasn't the case. So I've redesigned it recently. Like this was like my first version of it. The one that I'm making right now was my redesign. And it uses uh, rivets to kind of start and end the the, the cord, the, 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 sp the steel cable stitch which I think is beautiful, but it also helps um, reinforce those edges even further. So that was the, the, the revision that I put in there. Then the finishing, of course, is the burnishing of the edges. So you take and you use a special tool to, to um, cut along the edge of the, um, the leather, give it a nice kind of rounded edge. Then you use a burnishing tool, which for me, I kind of... I'm, I use the lazy way, which is a drill that has a burnishing tool attached. In the old days, you would literally manually take and you would rub this thing up and down with your hands and like it just took forever. So the, the burnishing tool with the drill actually is way faster. Um, and you, what you do is you take a comp, I, I, for me, it's a combination of glue, gum, tragoeth, I think is what it's called. It's, it's kind of weird to pronounce it. And um, for me, I use a little bit of dye so that it, it looks even. And I mix that all up and I create this kind of paste and then I put the paste on the edge of the book on that seam, right, where the two pieces of leather come together. And then I run the machine or I run the, the drill with the, the burnishing tool up and down it for, you know, hours, two hours. And then once you do that, that edge is sealed. It's um, smooth and it's like you can't see. It's, it's not like it's two pieces of leather anymore. It's like one piece of leather that's been polished, right? So that's how you kind of end the edges, right, with this tool. So when I finally kind of finished this, it was like the perfect book. I was so happy with it. It was finally a book that I wanted to use for my own personal journal. And I didn't have a name for it. So I was thinking about Chanel and how Chanel number no. five is like their thing. And I thought to myself, you know what? I like that idea. You know, the Murdy number no. five is my first one. And I, it, it, at the time, that was going to be the only Murdy. It was going to be the Murdy number no. five. And that was it. Um... And because the thing takes like 40 hours to put together, it's just such a long and intensive process and it's very painful in the hands and things like that. I didn't think I was ever going to make very many of them and I wanted to keep it really, really fancy, right? I wanted it to be, you know, priced appropriately for the kind of amount of labor and skill that it took. 
So I put it at $500. And that was what it was. I mean, a lot of people liked the design. They liked the simplicity of the design. They liked the durability of the design. And so, um, you know, after I made the, the I, I kind of took those same design principles and made the, the, the version for Dr. Sam, the binder. And then he ordered 30 and I'm like, okay, this is a, this is an opportunity here to create a, a more cost effective option for people who like the Murdy number five, but can't really afford that kind of a book. You know, perhaps they can, they can buy this one. And, you know, over time, my, my thoughts have kind of changed on this a little bit, but I think my plan is this. The Murdy number four exists already, and the Murdy number six exists already. The Murdy number four is a smaller version that looks identical to the Murdy number five, but it's literally the smaller size of the moleskin. The Murdy number six is the same one as the Murdy, Murdy number five, but it's actually got a third flap that goes around the front. And it has a space for like a passport and tickets and money and uh, credit cards. So you could take it. It's our world traveler journal. So what I'm planning on doing is this. The Murdy number five for the rest of my life will only ever be made by me. I will be the only person that makes it. So if the company is a million, if the Murdy creative company becomes this million dollar company, the Murdy number fives are going to be $10,000 a piece. They're going to be some sort of a scene because that'll be what my time will be worth at the time, right? The Murdy number five will only ever be made by me. And then perhaps I will train some other craftsmen to make the Murdy number fours and the Murdy number sixes and some of the other designs, right? So from the Murdy number four, five, and six, those are all steel cable stitched, very fancy, expensive, three hundred to seven hundred to eight hundred dollar journals. And then the Murdy number one, two, and three will be kind of the the smaller version, the 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 more cost efficient versions of those. The Murdy number one obviously will be that big binder. Um, that has for letter size paper. The Murdy number two will probably be a smaller size, more like the same size as the Murdy number five. It'll be more like a journal's diary size, and there'll be a couple of variations on that theme. And then the Murdy number three, if I ever get around to it, is the plans to make it a pad folio, like a classic pad folio with a legal pad and all of that other stuff. But I haven't really nailed down a design that I really like enough to to really launch that yet. So those are kind of the goals. And then obviously we're hoping to do wallets and you know bags and purses and belts and all the other good things that are, are just good quality things that we want to make. But that's kind of our focus. And that's where the Murdy number five has been a, a real joy for me to make. And it's been a real joy for me to produce. And I like taking photos of it and showing it to you guys. And um, it is expensive. Don't, don't get me wrong. I, I definitely acknowledge that, but I think it's expensive because I think it's really worth it. And I truly, I truly stand by the Murdy number five. It will last for generations. It is just that well made. All right, so uh, moving on to a day in a life segment today. Today, actually, I am working on finishing up the Murdy number five that I started a little while back. I'm working on getting it all uh, finished out if I can. I'm also going to be spending some time going over our numbers for this week and seeing kind of how we did. We started off October a little slower than I expected, but I think it's because we've been out of stock on Amazon. So I'm hoping that by the time the shipments we sent out this week arrive at Amazon, we'll be able to get back in stock, and then I think we'll be able to get back on kind of the track so that people can really get what they're looking for. So hopefully we'll be able to do that, but I have to take a look at this week's numbers to see how we did. All right, folks, thanks for tuning in today. Be sure to check back in tomorrow for our next topic. Don't forget to check that subscribe button below to get the latest podcast right away. If you have any questions or concerns about your leather binder, please feel free to contact us on the main page of our website at murdycreative.co, or you can contact us via our Instagram and Facebook. You can text, email, call, direct message, all the usual, and I'll do my best to be available whenever you need me. I appreciate your patience, though. If you think I deserve it, a five-star review can go a long way to help us grow our new community. That being said, if you have any podcast topics you want to hear more about, send them my way. I'm always happy to engage with our growing community, and I want to give you guys more of what you want. If you're looking for multiple binders for gifts, giveaways, menus, really any reason, ask about our bulk discounts. We do have those available. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great day, and goodbye. <laughs>